The shocking video documenting terror and panic inside a Toronto high school moments before it is sent into lockdown. Good evening. We begin tonight with a new example of the trouble we are seeing in Toronto's school system. Students reporting they saw someone with a gun inside Mark Garneau Collegiate, creating a scene of mass panic. CTV's Andrew Brennan is at the school tonight and joins us now. Andrew, another incident that likely has parents and kids alike very concerned. Indeed, Nathan, not part of something which may be described as a trend, but in the case of this school, it's not even the first lockdown at the school this week. This video obtained by CTV News purports to show the unfolding moments in the gym around 1230 as students say they saw a classmate at Mark Garneau Collegiate with a gun. Students in the gym took refuge in the change rooms, being bustled to safety by teachers. When people started running around, it was crazy. People just started running around. I just panicked. I took my stuff, and the teachers were directing us. A student was arrested at the school, but police aren't saying their age, whether male or female, or even if a gun was recovered. The information we originally had was that there was a gun seen, but the circumstances of that is still under investigation. This school was already placed under lockdown once this week over reports of someone armed in the area. On Tuesday, a 13-year-old was arrested and charged, accused of pointing a fake gun at other students at an Etobicoke Middle School. And last week, a gun was fired in an East End High School bathroom, injuring an outreach worker. I can't even begin to tell you how upsetting it is. And it's upsetting for everyone at the TDSB. And when I say everyone, this topic of youth violence is something that is being discussed at every single level at the TDSB. The TDSB says it's not just talk, but action is happening to make schools safer. Now, amongst those actions, as the TDSB spokesperson was telling us, more working groups as they are essentially are amongst not just the community groups around the school, but at large to try to figure out how to address violence in and around schools, so incidents like this are not happening seemingly as often as they are. Reporting live, I'm Andrew Brennan. Nathan, we will send it back to you inside. All right, thank you, Andrew. There's also anxiety tonight for people who take the TTC. Police are trying to track down a man they believe attacked a passenger at Bloor Young Station Wednesday, leaving riders once again to worry about their safety. CTV's Austin Delaney is on this story for us tonight. And Austin, police say there is a particular concern about this incident. Oh, very much so. It was 8.30 in the morning, height of rush hour, the busiest subway stop in the city, and a man who's wearing a turban is randomly attacked, but it's what the attacker said to that man that has police investigating this as a hate crime. This is a security camera screen grab of a suspect wanted in a subway hate crime. It is alleged he attacked a man wearing a turban at the Young and Bloor station yesterday morning. And as the victim's turban flew off his head to the ground, the attacker made derogatory statements. Those kinds of acts taking place in our city are so uh, contrary to the values of Torontonians who believe that we've gained, as we have as a city, immensely from the fact that people of every faith, every sexual identity, every culture, every language, every skin color, have come here and know they can be embraced here and can prosper here. But it is not the first hate crime investigation involving the TTC. Just last summer, a woman died after being set on fire on a bus at the Kipling station. Police said it was also a hate crime. Sometimes some mysterious people, they make us feel like we are not safe. 
But rioters today spoke out strongly against the racial hatred. Racism and racial attacks like this have no place in our society. We're the most multicultural city in the world and proudly to be that. You don't have to agree with the religion or be the religion. Let it alone. The person's just trying to get from A to B like we are. Commuters say there is some concern about what appears to be an uptick in violence on the city's transit system. Last December, a 31-year-old woman was stabbed to death by a stranger on the TTC. And last April, a woman was pushed onto the tracks at Young and Bloor. A man tried to push me onto the Danforth six months ago. The budget calls for 25 new special constables and 10 streets-to-home outreach workers. But the mayor admits there is only so much that can be done with the resources available. The question that arises out of some of these incidents that have happened recently, the budget... Um, as it has been constructed, specifically tries to address this. Knowing that you can't have somebody that's a street outreach worker or a mental health worker or a special constable on every single vehicle, every single platform all at once. It's not practical or possible to do that. The suspect in yesterday morning's attack is described as wearing a blue hat, a black jacket and carrying a black bag. And Mayor Tory says he's now thinking about putting mental health professionals on the subway line, on the system itself. It would cost money, but it could help people in distress. Live, I'm Austin Delaney. Thank you, Austin. New grants to local BIAs and more money for small businesses impacted by years of transit construction. But is the mayor's offering too little too late? We take a closer look. In the wake of that alleged swarming attack last month, family members have shared a tribute to the man who was killed. On December 18th, police say 59-year-old Ken Lee was assaulted and stabbed by a group of teenage girls near York and University. He died from his injuries in hospital. A statement from Lee's family reads in part, Ken was a kind soul with a heart of gold. He was not in the system due to alcohol or drug abuse. He was a man with pride who had fallen and wanted to learn to stand up on his own, knowing that he always had his family behind him. The eight teenage suspects each face a charge of second-degree murder. One's been granted bail, and the others have the hearings coming, or hearings coming over the coming days. Police in Toronto were investigating the city's first homicide of the year. See, the victim was a 70-year-old North York woman. The accused is her son. CTV's Janice Golding joins us tonight with more on what police and neighbours are saying. Janice. Hi, Nathan. Yes, the city's first homicide victim of the year is a Toronto woman who lived in the building behind us here. And as you say, police allege the person who killed her was no stranger. Toronto's first murder victim of the year was killed by a man in her own condo, police alleging... The relationship between the two is mother and son. Investigators tell CTV News the suspect made the 911 call around 8.15 p.m. I saw, you know, quite a few police vehicles as well as uh, the fire truck... And, and the emergency. And first responders arrived at a condo complex in the area of Seneca Hill Drive and Finch Avenue East in North York. They found a 70-year-old woman who was critically injured. That's, that's terrible. That's something really terrible. It is scary. For me, it's like supposed to be like in your unit, you will be safe, right? No matter what they, it is uh, sad. It's uh, terrible to hear this in this area. Emergency responders tried to save the victim, whom they've identified as Joy Barnwell, but she would die in her unit. It's hard to believe. I don't know what happened. I, would, I know here security is very good. When we go in, we have to take permission. They call the 
house owner, then if they say let in, then we can go, but I don't know how they go in, maybe family member or if somebody know. The suspect was not found at the scene. However, police say... I want to reassure the public that this is an isolated incident. We have made an arrest. 27-year-old Michael Rollins of Toronto appeared in court today. He is charged with second-degree murder in connection with his mother's death. And police are asking anyone with any information to contact the Homicide Squad or Crime Stompers if you want to remain anonymous. Reporting live, I'm Janice Golding. Now back to Michelle. Janice. A live look at the city tonight following a blustery gray day and a mixed bag of conditions as well. Our Lindsay Morrison is here with a look at what's going on out there. Any concerns? Well, the concern tonight, Michelle, is the risk of freezing drizzle. We've got drizzly conditions this hour in the city of Toronto. Doesn't show up all that well on the satellite and radar imagery. Gone is the snow and the swath of freezing rain from earlier today. We're tracking some thunderstorms just making their way into extreme southwestern Ontario. The freezing rain warning has expired for the city of Toronto, but the freezing drizzle advisory includes areas like Caledon, York and into Durham. Uh, just recently, a winter weather travel advisory came to an end for the Perry Sound area. We've had windy weather today. Here's a look at the current speeds. Uh, those winds have eased compared to earlier today. We'll take you through your weather forecast coming up and show you when we have the next round of measurable snow this weekend. That's just ahead for now, Nathan, over to you. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. The city tonight is trying to make up for some of the severe financial hits some local businesses are taking thanks to transit construction. It is an idea that includes millions of dollars in funding, but there is some criticism tonight as to how the money is being doled out. Our Natalie Johnson is in a particularly hard-hit area this evening, gathering a reaction to today's announcement. Tell us more, Natalie. I'm Michelle. Well, we're here on Eglinton Avenue West, where construction on the Crosstown LRT has been going on since 2011. And small business owners who have been dealing with this are hopeful that this money will help bring business back to the neighborhood. Linda Martinho has been serving Portuguese barbecue in her Eglinton West restaurant for 16 years now. Though the last few years have been tough. It's been a struggle, that's for sure. Just outside her doorstep is construction on the Eglinton Crosstown LRT that has kept commuters and their business at bay. It was quite bad at the beginning when they were digging holes along Eglinton and they would like block, you know, all the parking spaces. No one could park. Down the street, variety store owner Manjeet Singh has also felt the impacts of the LRT project. Construction is hard to be a lot of business. So it's right now is very, very slow. He can no longer afford to hire any employees. So his son helps out in his store instead. The good news is we're building transit. The more difficult challenge sometimes is that we're building that transit in a way that inevitably disrupts uh, the affairs of smaller businesses and others. The mayor announced today $5 million in grants for Toronto's small businesses, including a fund designed to mitigate the impacts of transit construction. We're looking at strategies to make sure that we animate and create good small business promenades throughout the city. BIAs and nonprofits can apply for up to $50,000 to improve area marketing, events and beautification. We felt that the best vehicle through which to flow this money to help businesses that have been hit hard by transit construction was through the BIAs, which are local business organizations that know, you know who's paid the biggest price or how best to allocate the money. But shop owner Ricky Armnani doesn't think the money will go far enough to make a difference. It is too late because it, is, it will not help. These are pork. Martino says her restaurant isn't covered by a BIA and hopes she can still benefit from the grant. Here it's like we've been forgotten. 
hoping the money can help hard-hit businesses stay open. And the city says that this grant is available to communities dealing with major transit work before, during, and after construction. Reporting live, I'm Natalie Johnson. Back to you, Nathan and Michelle. Thank you, Natalie. Actor Alec Baldwin now facing criminal charges after a fatal shooting on the set of the movie Rust. Why prosecutors in New Mexico believe the movie star is responsible. That's just ahead. As the 2023 budget makes its way through City Hall, Mayor John Tory says he's trying to balance several priorities, including limiting tax increases. Residential property taxes will still increase by 5.5% this year as more funding goes to emergency services and TTC riders prepare for fare increases and service cuts. The city's budget committee will wrap up its study of the budget on January 24th. The mayor's proposed budget is due February 1st and goes before a special council meeting on the 14th. Four people are recovering tonight, including two children, following a townhouse explosion in Kitchener. Emergency crews were called to the home at around 1140 last night. The blast blew out the home's windows and doors. Officials say surrounding units were also left with significant structural damage. A man and a woman are seriously injured. The two children have minor injuries. The cause of the explosion is under investigation. Provincial police say human remains found next to Highway 400 in Bradford West Willembury belong to a woman. Officers were called to the scene off the northbound lanes near Highway 88 yesterday afternoon after a motorist reported finding a body. Police say the woman's cause of death is still under investigation and they don't believe there's any threat to public safety. But they are asking anyone who may have seen someone stopped or vehicle stopped or people in the area recently to get in touch. The premier tonight says he has a plan to fix the province's health care worker crunch. Doug Ford says he wants to open Ontario's borders to talent from across the country, but there's worry his government's reputation may shut the doors on recruitment. CTV's Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris is following this story tonight and joins us now. Siobhan. Political critics and nurses both think it's kind of a hard sell to get people from other Canadian jurisdictions to Ontario, with the province locked in a battle over Bill 124 in the courts. At the same time, there are questions both about how big a difference this could make and how to protect patient safety. The is okay. To fill staffing gaps on healthcare's front line, Ontario is looking elsewhere. Legislation to be introduced next month will allow Canadian healthcare workers that are registered or licensed in another province or territory to practice in Ontario immediately. Without having to register here. We do not want to put barriers up if you want to live and work and uh, have your family in the province of Ontario. The Premier isn't offering bonuses or other incentives to entice staff from areas also struggling to keep them, only making a cross-Canada appeal. If you've been thinking of making Ontario your new home, now's the time to make that move. Not much of a pitch as far as new Democrats are concerned. This is a government that is actually at this very moment taking health care workers to court to try to suppress their wages. So that doesn't sound like a great invitation to Ontario to me. Nursing advocates say the plan will only work if something changes. If the compensation becomes competitive and, and workloads become such that nurses will be able to um, to deliver the excellence in care that they're eager to do. Only then would nurses move and stay. The government says new legislation will also give hospitals more flexibility. By allowing nurses, paramedics and others to work outside of their regular responsibilities or settings. 
as long as they have the knowledge, skills, and judgment to do so. That worries an emergency doctor turned politician. It means an increased risk of mistakes, uh, less checks and balances. Ford says the change could help deal with the surge in flu cases, but the government has not shared more detail. Expect another health care related announcement from the government tomorrow. That's when we'll hear the Premier and Minister of Health speak in London. Reporting live from Queen's Park, I'm Siobhan Morris. Nathan and Michelle, back to you. All right, thank you, Siobhan. After the passing of former Lieutenant Governor David Onley last weekend, we're learning details on plans to honor his life. Onley's being remembered not only for his time in the vice regal role, but also his groundbreaking career as a broadcast journalist and disability advocate. His body will lie in state at Queen's Park for public visitation the weekend of January 28th and 29th. A state funeral will follow on Monday, January 30th at Yorkminster Park Baptist Church. Onley was 72. The federal government has agreed to repatriate 19 Canadians being held in Syrian detention camps. These are Canadian men, women and children. None of them have been charged with any offenses. They're being unlawfully detained in, uh, in detention camps and prisons uh, for years. And uh, our position always was that it's the responsibility of the Canadian government to bring them home. And for those uh, against whom prosecutions can be brought, uh, they can face justice uh, here in Canada. An agreement was reached today with Global Affairs on the return of the six women and 13 children. They will be brought home based on a mutually agreed upon time frame. No further details were provided. Family members have been arguing in court that refusing to repatriate their loved ones violates the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. They are being held in camps run by Kurdish forces that reclaim the region from ISIS. The Canadian military is reducing its presence in the Middle East. Our troops will still be there, just not as many of them. Officials say it's so more soldiers can be deployed elsewhere. The armed forces is facing increased demands at home and abroad. That includes new challenges in Europe as Russia's war in Ukraine continues. Meanwhile, 11 NATO countries pledged billions of dollars in new military aid to Ukraine today. It includes missiles, air defense systems, anti-aircraft guns and other equipment. The announcement comes ahead of tomorrow's broader meeting in Germany on arming the Ukrainians. Leopard tanks are expected to be high on the agenda. New Zealand's prime minister abruptly resigned today, saying the job requires an amount of energy she just can't muster anymore. Jacinda Ardern will step down next month, a decision throwing the spotlight onto the demands of power on women. CTV's Quebec Bureau Chief Geneviève Beauchemin reports. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. New Zealand's prime minister chose this moment to step down. A trailblazer months away from a fall election, leaving office on her own terms, saying she no longer has enough in the tank to do the top job justice. I am human. Politicians are human. We give all that we can for as long as we can, and then it's time. She's been viewed as a rock star on the global scene. Though polls at home haven't been good these days. You're not going to put it all on me, are you? Yeah. Still, she's a rare world leader handing in the reins of power before her term ends. The job she's done for the last five and some odd years is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly time-consuming. It takes up your entire life. And it's okay just to want something different. But it also throws a spotlight on the toll of leadership of having a demanding career and being a mom. She's not scared to come forward. Um, by doing that, she smashes stigma for other people. They also feel comfortable in doing that. 
Ardern has often proven over the past five and a half years she's no garden variety prime minister. Months after she was first elected, Ardern walked into the UN General Assembly with her baby. Our gun laws will change. When terror struck her country, a shooter killing 51 people at two mosques, she earned praise for her empathy and her swift crackdown on some guns. And her response to COVID, tough lockdown measures and border controls led her to re-election in 2020. Though she's since faced criticism, the policies were too strict. Now she's promised to bring her daughter to school in the fall to marry her longtime partner, but she's also renewed talk of how to care for women's and men's mental health in the workforce. Geneviève Beauchemin, CTV News, Montreal. The U.S. president's in California touring areas hit hard during a series of devastating storms. Joe Biden is meeting with residents, emergency teams and business owners in two towns along the Santa Cruz coast. At least 20 deaths were blamed on nine storms over three weeks. Biden authorized federal disaster assistance for the three countries in the northern and central parts of the state on Saturday. In France, trade unions have called for a second day of strikes to protest plans to raise the retirement age. There were some clashes as more than one million people marched today. They were demanding the government reverse its pension reform plan. It would see most people work an extra two years to the age of 64. Officials insist change is needed or the system will fail. The nationwide strikes halted trains, blocked refineries and affected power generation. More demonstrations are set for January 31st. A new batch of Starlink satellites was put into orbit today. Engines full power and lift off. A rocket launched from Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. It was carrying 51 Starlink satellites that were later deployed into low Earth orbit. SpaceX already has about 2,000 of them circling the globe. They're providing internet service to remote corners of the world. There are new developments in the tragic 2021 shooting death on the film set of Rust. Tonight, prosecutors are moving ahead with the case. And as CTV's Tom Walters explains, the star of the movie is now facing some very serious charges. Actor Alec Baldwin is one of two people now facing charges of involuntary manslaughter after a deadly on-set accident. Just because it's an accident doesn't mean that it's not criminal. During filming of the movie Rust, cinematographer Helena Hutchins was killed and director Joel Souza was wounded when Baldwin's prop gun went off, firing a real bullet that should never have been on set in the first place. I'm assuming I have an empty gun, and the gun goes off. She's right in front of me. But the Santa Fe district attorney says no one can just assume a gun is empty. Every person that handles a gun has a duty to make sure that if they are going to handle that gun, point it at someone and pull the trigger, that it is not going to fire a projectile and kill someone. In a statement, Baldwin's lawyer says the decision to press charges is a terrible miscarriage of justice and that Baldwin relied on the professionals with whom he worked, who assured him the gun did not have live rounds. An actor doesn't get a free pass just because they're an actor. As for the professionals Baldwin relied on, the one in charge of gun safety, armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, seemed not to even know who had the weapon at the time of the accident. Alec Baldwin did? Yeah. So in police body camera video, she can be heard worrying about her own liability. She was right about that. And now she is also charged with involuntary manslaughter.
Assistant Director Dave Halls has taken a plea deal that will see him get six months probation for negligence. Baldwin and Gutierrez-Reed could get as much as five years if convicted, but Baldwin's lawyer vows to fight the charges and win. Tom Walters, CTV News, Los Angeles. For decades, David Crosby was among some of the most influential rockers in the world. Tonight, people everywhere are mourning the loss of a music legend. Crosby's wife announcing the sad news of his passing just a short time ago. CTV's Zoraida Ullman joins us to talk about his life and legacy. Zoraida. Michelle, news of legend David Crosby's death rocking the music world this evening. The latest in a string of recent high-profile deaths, including Lisa Marie Presley and Jeff Beck. His wife of 36 years says David Crosby died after a long illness. A statement to Variety released by his wife says David Crosby died surrounded by his wife and soulmate Jan and son Django. Although he is no longer here with us, his humanity and kind soul will continue to guide and inspire us. His legacy will continue to live on through his legendary music. David Crosby was a founding member of the Birds and Crosby, Stills and Nash. Later, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, two of the most influential bands of the 60s folk rock era. Crosby was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of of fame twice, once for each of the two bands. Music publicist Eric Alper says Crosby's influence as a singer-songwriter and guitarist can be heard in bands we listen to today. Here's more of what he had to say. He's going to be right up there with the, with the great 60s musicians of all time. I mean, certainly when you, um, when you take a, a look at artists like Led Zeppelin or The Doors or Janis Joplin and The Beatles and The Stones, um, The Birds and Crosby, Steals, Nash & Young absolutely have to be in there um, with some of the greatest music ever heard. And uh, uh, that music is definitely not going away. And his family has asked for privacy as they deal with their loss. David Crosby is survived by his wife, two sons and two daughters. He was 81. I'm Zoraida Allman. Thank you, Zoraida. Coming up, drivers caught catching up on shows behind the wheel. It's a thing. My Toronto police feel the need to remind people you can't watch TV and drive. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, we know seniors are being targeted in all kinds of fraud. A Scarborough man lost more than $40,000 in a phishing scam this week. Could a new bank form help raise red flags to prevent people from being ripped off? All of my report just ahead. It's a mild three degrees this hour in Toronto, a foggy night ahead with a risk of drizzle and yes, a chance of flurries, but it's not as windy as it was earlier today. Now we're heading into a rather active weather pattern. Our jet stream is becoming more amplified and that's also going to allow some colder air to settle in by the end of next week. Already seeing signs of it in our seven day forecast that's coming up and stay with us. We've got another night of great shows for you right here on CTV. This week, we had a story about a Scarborough senior who lost more than $40,000 after being caught in a phishing scam. Last year, seniors were also defrauded out of more than $4 million in the grandparent scam. Could a new bank form help prevent this type of fraud? Pat Foran joins us with Consumer Alert. Pat. Thanks, Michelle and Nathan. Many people wonder why banks don't do more to protect their older customers. But if people want to take out their money, they have the right to do so. One bank is now using a form that could raise red flags and help deter fraud. All right, Dad. Carmen Chisimore had his computer hacked by scammers. They claimed almost $42,000 was deposited in his bank account. And they said, well, gee whiz, we made a mistake. 
How do we correct that? The scammers told him to do a wire transfer of the money, and if a teller asked questions, he was told to say he was paying a loan back to an old college friend. The fact that they had repeatedly told me not to talk to the bank should have set all kinds of flares up. Last month, Stuart Irvin got caught in the grandparent scam. He sent criminals $8,000 cash for bail money. I've been had. Many seniors who get caught up in scams are told to lie about why they need the money. They tell their bank they're repaying a loan or doing home renovations. One bank is using a form that might help some people avoid being scammed. TD Canada Trust has a form for large cash withdrawals, it says. TD has warned me fraudsters may ask victims to mail cash, deposit cash, or send funds to international accounts. I confirm I am acting of my own free will and have not been pressured by a third party to withdraw this cash. It's a great first step for the bank to, to do something because it would let the person who wants to withdraw the money like, be aware that this is something that is quite serious. Tanya Walker is a lawyer who specializes in fraud. The form also says, I discharge and release TD from all liability relating to the delivery of this cash to me. Walker says that may not be enough to say a bank is not liable. I think it could be a problem in the future if the bank isn't able to demonstrate that the person who signed this form actually understood what that paragraph meant. TD told CTV News this form is used as a tool to underscore certain risks, theft, scams and fraud at the time of a large cash withdrawal. The form could help raise a red flag with the customer, especially if they've been coached by fraudsters. Sherry Chisholm feels banks should do more to prevent seniors from being scammed. And as criminals continue to target seniors, banks may have to do more to make sure they don't get scammed. Families are also encouraged to talk about fraud and tell seniors to ask for help if they're not sure what to do. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. This is the view from our docks cam today overlooking the city. A good view of how the thick soup of winter weather rolled in and blanketed the downtown this afternoon. It was pretty something earlier mm, today. The skyline okay. playing peekaboo there. We've yeah. had so much of that lately. And this time last night, it wasn't really clear just how it was going to play out depending on the temperature. What do you make of what we got? Yeah, so we really didn't see as much in the way of freezing rain. Downtown Toronto, certainly. It was just a little too mild for that to happen. We had some steady rain. We have some dense fog right now. In fact, there's a fog advisory that I want to bring you up to speed on through the night tonight. We're still looking at the risk of some freezing drizzle in some areas. And then over the next couple of days, you guessed it, more in the way of cloud cover and some accumulating snow this weekend. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. Now, these weather advisories have been changing pretty quickly over the last couple of hours. So here's what's in place right now. There's a freezing drizzle advisory now in place for areas like Aurelia, Midland, extending into the Peterborough area and east into Belleville. Meantime, we have a fog advisory in place for Hamilton, extending into the Kitchener-Waterloo area and then over towards St. Catharines within that fog advisory near zero visibility being experienced right now still a couple of freezing rain warnings around Kingston for example a snowfall warning for Sault Ste. Marie and a winter weather travel advisory for the Huntsville area so lots happening here's a look at the current satellite and radar the bulk of the precipitation is now well off to our north and to our east but look what's happening a couple of severe thunderstorms stateside starting to inch their way into the Windsor area so uh, that's a little bit unusual for this point 
point in uh, the winter. Uh, you don't often see severe thunderstorms in January. Over the next day or so, we are going to see this precipitation move out of our area. Overnight tonight, the Niagara Peninsula could experience some rain and then maybe a changeover to some flurries. We too in Toronto have the chance of flurries through the day tomorrow. It's going to be mostly cloudy. We're not looking at anything too high impact on the roads. Uh, and then as we make our way into the day on Sunday, here's what's next. Another low pressure system going to swing through and maybe bring us a couple of centimeters of fresh snow. Overnight tonight, our temperature is going to eventually fall to about zero, but we're still at three degrees right now, so we've got a ways to go. And then tomorrow, that temperature holds steady at about the freezing mark. Again, we've got that chance of flurries. Your weekend forecast looks like this. Mostly cloudy skies for Saturday. There's the light snow for Sunday. And now I want to take you through your seven-day forecast to show you how temperatures remain pretty consistent until we get to the end of next week. Then we're in for a little bit of a change. You'll notice that this is a pretty active seven-day forecast. We're looking at one system after another, bringing some light snow or a chance of flurries. I've already got my eye on the middle part of next week for perhaps a high-impact storm. Look at the overnight low Thursday, minus 12, perhaps a sign of things to come. That's your look at the weather. Nathan, over to you. All right, thank you, Lindsay. At the Australian Open, fans got their money's worth and then some in a match between Andy Murray and Thanasis Kokonakis. We started playing Thursday and finished on Friday, back and forth for nearly six hours. The game eventually ending shortly after four in the morning local time. Murray came out on top, defeating his 26-year-old opponent in five sets. Here at home, the Leafs are hosting one of the NHL's top teams tonight. Nylander's in, working wider for Higgy to the net. What a beauty! After beating the Panthers Tuesday, Toronto welcomes the Central Division leaders. The Winnipeg Jets have won eight of their last ten games. It's hard to defend at times. Fred is not finished. Raptors are in Minnesota tonight, wrapping up a three-game road trip. Toronto's won four of its last six games, but are in 11th place. The Timberwolves sit 10th in the West after losing their last two. It's once again legal for Ontario residents to bet on ultimate fighting championship matches. The province's gaming commission put betting on hold back in December, citing what it calls alleged incidents, including possible betting by UFC insiders and reports of suspicious betting patterns. UFC today added stronger language to its code of conduct about wagering and made a deal with a monitoring firm. Ontario regulators say their concerns have now been addressed and betting can resume, but they'll still monitor ongoing investigations into UFC. Also tonight, drivers allowing their distraction to reach a whole new level. Toronto Police with a warning for those putting in some serious screen time while cruising our roads. On air, online, on every platform. Escape tragedy by mere moments. CTV News Toronto. A story you'll only see here. Winner of the Canadian Screen Award for Best Local Newscast. We have developing details. Watch weeknights at 6. You would think by now distracted driving would be on the decline, but Toronto police say that is not the case. Police say not only are people checking their phones while behind the wheel more than ever, but in some cases they're watching television. CTV's Mike Walker has the story. Since 2009, it has been illegal while behind the wheel, but people still do it. All the time, on their phones, texting, phoning. 
And it's not just using a handheld device to text, call, or scroll social media that has police concerned, but a disturbing new trend. Toronto police tweeting this after pulling over and finding a motorist yesterday near Front and Spadina for watching TV while driving, a problem traffic officers say they are seeing more often still drivers out there that feel the need to play their videos in their cars while they're driving. That's, that's just craziness. That is, um, you know, it's dangerous in itself. Every second that your eyes are off the road and the task at hand is that extra second that could lead to um, an, a collision or uh, potentially a fatal collision. I think listening to stuff is fine. I think that's, that's crazy. That's insane. Dangerous but not surprising, says this driver. Like I see lots of people that they're on their phone, especially with the hands-free device, and they're like streaming things from YouTube or uh, Netflix. I've seen them watching up like TV. You've actually seen that. Yeah, I think it's pretty selfish because you're endangering the lives of people on the road. Last year, Toronto police issued approximately 8,700 tickets for distracted driving. Three weeks into this year, and 450 tickets have already been issued. The OPP reporting distracted and inattentive driving was a result in 66 deaths on the roads it patrols across the province last year. There is quite a few people out there still driving distracted, which is mind-blowing. You have Bluetooth technology, hands-free technology. They're all at your disposal. Getting caught will cost you between $615 and $1,000, plus three demerit points and a three-day suspension on the first offense. Those penalties increase on the second and third offenses. But it's a dangerous habit some admit they can't break. But yeah, I felt, I felt the urge to look at it too. Amid this latest trend, police reminding drivers even if you're not physically holding your smartphone, you can still face distracted driving charges. Mike Walker, CTV News. A piece of jewelry once worn by Princess Diana has reportedly been bought by a member of pop culture royalty. This amethyst and diamond crucifix was put up for auction after ending up in the possession of a friend of Diana's with ties to the former crown jewelers. People reports Kim Kardashian made the winning bid for $265,000. Kardashian sparked backlash last year for her handling of a different object with a storied history when she wore Marilyn Monroe's dress to the Met Gala. BTS fans are getting an update from one of the K-pop band members as he carries out his mandatory military service in South Korea. Jin shared a few photos of himself in uniform after completing the five-week basic training course. The 30-year-old said he's having fun and told fans to be happy and stay well. BTS still has new content coming out, including a concert movie next month. All members are set to enter the military with the band reconvening in a few years. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. Get ready, Blue Jays fans. Tomorrow on CP24 Breakfast, we touch base with star pitchers Bassett and Romano before spring training. CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything every morning. When people started running around, it was crazy. People just started running around. Updating our top stories, Mark Arnaud Collegiate was placed in lockdown today following reports of a person with a gun. Video obtained by CTV News purportedly shows the events leading up to the lockdown. Police say one student was taken into custody. Charges have not been laid. The relationship between the two is mother and son. A Toronto man is accused in the death of a 70-year-old mother in the city's first homicide of the year. Joy Barnwell was found critically injured in her condo building at Finch and Seneca Hill Drive. 27-year-old Michael Rawlins is charged with second-degree murder.
one great guitar player uh, and a, a beautiful songwriter. And the entertainment world is remembering influential musician David Crosby, who has passed away at the age of 81. His wife released a statement to Variety confirming his death. Crosby was a founding member of The Birds and Crosby, Stills and Nash. On the markets, the Canadian dollar is up a fraction to 74.27 U.S. Oil added 85 cents to close at 80.33 U.S. a barrel. And the TSX lost 34 points to end the day at 20,341. Stakeholders in the travel industry say the arrival of several so-called discount airlines is likely adding to a shortage of pilots in this country. The union representing pilots at a number of Canadian air carriers say lower-costs airlines have added to the demand for labor across the aviation sector. Analysts say the shortage is also prompting small airlines to lower their hiring standards and could increase flight disruptions and cancellations for years. The pilot shortage has been blamed on an aging workforce, pandemic-related layoffs, and spiraling training costs. One of Canada's largest institutional investors says it will step up its push for increased gender diversity in boardrooms. Ontario Teachers Pension Plan is now calling for women to make up at least 40% of board of directors at companies in developed markets. The former directive was 30%. Teachers says it believes improved diversity is key to effectiveness, leads to better performance, and delivers long-term value for shareholders. It's not rare to hear that coffee pods are worse for the environment than more traditional brewing methods, but a new study is shedding doubt on that claim. Researchers at the University of Quebec at Chicoutimi found filter coffee has a bigger environmental impact than many pods. That's because it uses more ground beans to produce the small amount or the same amount of liquid and more electricity to heat the water. Coffee pods rank better because they use less coffee and water overall. Just ahead, a child in distress choking on the subway. How a TTC worker's quick action made for an unexpected and heroic day on the job. Tonight, a final chapter in the story of a Canadian soldier. You don't expect a phone call like that. A mystery solved for the family of Corporal Percy Howarth more than a century after his disappearance. Later on CTV National News. All right, take a look at this. A staff member at Credit Valley Conservation spotted a fellow traveler making the most of a Mississauga bus shelter yesterday. The conservation tweeted at My Way Bus Agency saying, there's a very patient wild turkey trying to cross the road, asking if anyone else had spotted the bird. The city of Mississauga responded saying, even our local wildlife like being environmentally friendly by taking the bus. Well done, Turkey. We leave you tonight with a story of inspiration, thanks to one quick-thinking city worker. The TTC employees are credited with stepping in when a mother in distress needed him most. Here's our John Musselman to explain. Ben Curtin is a transit supervisor on the Bloor-Danforth line. On Monday evening, he jumped into action during a medical emergency at the Coxwell station. train came in, uh, noticed that there was alarm activation on board the train. Um, noticed that a child was in distress. What Curtin saw was a 15-month-old child choking. His airway was blocked. The child's mother desperately needed help. The whole, the whole scene uh, was, uh, was a bit chaotic. Curtin has CPR training with the TTC, but he also previously worked as a paramedic before joining the transit agency. He took the infant in his arms and administered a series of back blows to clear the obstruction. 
I'm not too sure what actually dislodged. Um, I just know at that point that the baby was uh, was breathing. Emergency services arrived on the scene a few minutes later and the child was taken to hospital. Curtin's quick action is being credited with saving the child's life. Curtin is a humble man and he says he was just doing his job. His co-workers say he's a hero. Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. He's definitely a hero. The second that I heard that this happened, I walked into our division and I asked, is Ben getting an accommodation? Because I know there's a lot of people who either would not have known what to do or who would have been so scared and nervous. And he just pushed through all that and used his experience and saved the child's life. Curtin was recognized this week by members of the TTC board for his quick action. Curtin says he never got the mother or child's name. It all happened very fast. He's just glad everything worked out. I have two boys of my own. Um, and uh, you kind of just put yourself in that position of that parent. Curtin says he loves his job and he's proud he was able to make a difference. John Musselman, CTV News. Thank goodness he was there. Uh, so we still have some unsettled weather to contend with. Mm -hmm. What do we need to know? So freezing drizzle doesn't really show up all that great on the satellite and radar, but I do know that there is some falling outside right now in parts of the GTA. Here's a look at the current satellite and radar. There is some heavier precipitation to our southwest and to our east, and we still have a patchwork of weather watches, warnings, and advisories here, including a fog advisory for places like Oakville, Burlington, Hamilton, and over toward Niagara. The freezing drizzle advisory includes areas like Caledon, Newmarket, and extending into Uxbridge and Pickering. Here Here's a look at temperatures that we can expect for the day tomorrow. It's going to be slightly cooler, hovering right around that freezing mark. Flurries are in the forecast as a result. We've got some light snow this upcoming Sunday. And yeah, a chance of some more snow as we make our way through the middle part of next week. Nathan and Michelle. All right, thank you, Lindsay. Be sure to join Omar Sachedina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Zoraida Allman with our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay and all of us at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night.